your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 751 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And the Rangers uh, just wrapping up a short time ago here on Monday night, a 3-1 road victory against the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Rangers bouncing back pretty nicely from uh, a disappointing 2-1 loss at home against the Montreal Canadiens the night before. And it's a big win for the Rangers. I mean, I understand that the Blue Jackets are struggling this year, to say the least. Uh, if you go by record, they are by far the worst team in the Eastern Conference. But it was still very, very important to bounce back and make sure you get two points here. In the Rangers, they had that wild win against the Dallas Stars where, you know, Miller ties the game with less than a second left, and then Fox wins it in the overtime. A little bit of a letdown against the Montreal Canadiens, or so it would seem. And that was less than ideal, but what would have made it a real disaster is if the Rangers also uh, lost this game here to the Blue Jackets. You cannot be leaving points on the table against bad teams, which is something that the Rangers have done uh, a little bit too often this season. And you certainly cannot, you know, in the span of just 24 hours here, basically, leave four points on the table while you're playing the Canadians and the Blue Jackets. The Rangers had to win this game, and for the most part, they got the job done. Uh, I thought the third period was maybe a little bit shaky. You'd like to see them close with a little bit more authority, but uh, for the most part, pretty strong game here for the New York Rangers. And when I say, you know, the Canadians and Blue Jackets and, and talk about them as, you know, quote-unquote bad teams, I mean no, no disrespect. I'm just looking at the standings, and I don't watch every Montreal game. I don't watch every Columbus game, but uh, that's just, you know, where... They are, if you look at the standings, you know, they're not good teams right now. And it wasn't that long ago where, you know, the Rangers were one of the teams in this league that all the good teams, all the elite teams, quote unquote, should be. And obviously the Rangers have uh, improved quite a bit these past couple of seasons. And now, you know, when you're playing teams like the Canadians and the Blue Jackets, now these are the teams that the Rangers should be. So no disrespect intended, but, uh, you know, you got to be teams like this. It's just the bottom line. And uh, the Rangers, like I said, at times this season, too many points left on the table, and you hope that it doesn't come back to bite them. But like I said, overall, I thought this is a pretty strong game for the Rangers. Uh, before I go a second farther, though, uh, it is Monday. This will be Tuesday's episode, but regardless, just want to wish everybody very happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, obviously, somebody, uh, one of the most important, most influential and uh, just downright good people in uh, the history of this country. And uh, obviously, I think it's important for everybody to you know, just, just think a little bit about what he meant and, you know, the changes that uh, he got to happen in this country. So, uh, again, very happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day to everyone. Uh, shifting back to the hockey, though, uh, as far as what we want to talk about in today's episode, want to talk a little bit about the Ranger power play. Uh, they went just one for five in this one, but honestly, the way things have been going, one for five doesn't really sound all that bad, and I thought there were times where they at least looked a little bit better. Uh, there were a couple of power plays for the Rangers that were a little bit shorter. Uh, also, you know, some situations where it was later in the game and the Rangers had the lead and didn't maybe want to take any unnecessary chances on the power play. Um, so not a 
you know, banner night for the power play, but uh, better than it has been, uh, that's for sure. Uh, Capo Caco with a really strong night. couple of assists and some good defensive play as well as he starts to work in uh, with the penalty kill unit. He's been killing some penalties in place of Ryan Lindgren these past couple of games. I want to talk about uh, the injury to Ryan Lindgren and why we were all holding our breath. Obviously, he got back out there, but I want to talk about that. Also, a uh, nice game for Yaroslav Halak, so we're going to give him some props. And a uh, little bit of a shaky third period for the Rangers, so we're going to break that down a little bit as well. Like I said, I would have liked to have seen them close with at least a little bit more authority, uh, but they did enough to get the job done, and that's what counts. The bottom line, they had to get two points, and they did it. So that's a good thing. Um, okay, Ranger power play. Been kind of a hot-button topic as far as... Uh, you know, on this podcast, on social media, obviously people in the me the media, you know, covering the Rangers, they they've been talking about it as well. Uh, and as I mentioned, coming into this game, we talked about this in our last episode. Rangers won for their last 14 on the power play over the last five games, and even the one goal that they scored was an empty netter by Filipinos. So they have really been scuffling. And to start this night, it was kind of more the same. Uh, Ryan Lindgren was boarded in the first period back in the Rangers zone, kind of in the corner there uh, by Olivier. And Lindgren was doubled over, had to have some help to the bench by uh, Hedl and by Jim Ramsey. And we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Lindgren and everything that happened with him uh, in, in just a little bit here. Uh, but the bottom line, at the time, this put the Rangers on the power play. And the Ranger power play coming into this game tonight, down to number 16 in the league. So basically league average. And like I said, just one for their last 14. Uh, really rough first 30 seconds of this power play here. They couldn't even gain the zone or... Uh, you know, set anything up. I mean, just just not good. Just not good. Just just not in sync is basically the long and short of it. But uh, gets cleared down again. Uh, Panarin received a pass. He's in the left circle. You think he's going to shoot. He waited a little too long. It was looking like he wanted to make a pass. And then by the time he decided to shoot it, it was too late. And the shot was turned aside. Uh, Trocek had the best chance of this power play right at the very end of it. Uh, he was right there in the slot and tried to stuff at home, was unable to do so. So that was their best opportunity. And even Sam and Joe, you know, they were talking about the power play unit. And Joe mentioned, you know, just simplify it a little bit. You don't need to make six passes on every single power play and look for this perfect chance. Uh, sometimes just one pass and a shot. That's all uh, that it really needs to be at times, especially when you're struggling. I, I think that even more so uh, makes it makes sense for you to just want to put the puck toward the net and try to create some havoc in front. That's something that I'm still not seeing, even though, like I said, the power play was a little bit better here in this game than it has been. Uh, just not enough traffic, not enough chaos in front. Opposing goalies are just having way too easy of a time against the Rangers when the Rangers are on the power play. And, you know, obviously you hope that that changes fairly soon. But uh, then the Rangers get another power play in the first period. It's still scoreless at this point. Uh, the fourth line for the Rangers, I thought overall played pretty well in this one, had a couple of good shifts early, and then LeCision, playing in his second game as a New York Ranger, uh, he has the puck in the corner, it looked like he wanted to go toward the net, and he draws a tripping penalty, so the Rangers are back on the power play for all of about half a second, because the Rangers lost the ensuing faceoff, and then Lafreniere with a really bad uh, hooking penalty, and he heads to the box, and it's four on four. Fortunately for Lafreniere, the Rangers picked him up a little bit, uh, he had Kako, Miller, Fox, and uh, Kako, Miller, Mika, and Fox on the ice. And still no lingering at this point. So we got a little bit of uh, Miller and Fox playing together. And we've seen that from time to time recently, uh, specifically in instances where the Rangers have been down by a goal late in the games. We're, we're seeing a little bit of um, Fox and 
uh, Keandre Miller playing together. Overall, I've kind of resisted the idea of putting those two on the same pairing because, you know, Fox and Lindgren are just so good and they, they complement each other so well. Um, but that is a pairing that we're eventually going to see as Reindeer fans. Eventually, you know, somehow, some way, whether it's this year or years down the road, uh, we will see uh, Fox and Miller uh, get some run together, you would have to think. But bottom line, it's four on four. And uh, Kako comes out of the Ranger zone. It's basically one on four. He's in the neutral zone, and he's just kind of keeping the puck away from everybody. You know, he's got a couple of defenders approaching him, and then a great pass. You know, he delayed with the puck forever for as long as he possibly could, and then he led Mika Zibanejad into the attacking zone. Mika takes a shot from the left faceoff circle and just rings it off the far post and into the net. Goal number 20 for Mika Zibanejad this season, and I'm almost positive they said that this is uh, season number six in a row for Mika Zibanejad with 20 or more goals. So very, very impressive, very, very consistent from Mika Zibanejad. Uh, Big-time goal there, getting the Rangers going a little bit. And, you know, they didn't score on the power play, but at least uh, they get one on the four-on-four four here. Then, uh, a little bit later in the first period, the Rangers actually do get one on the power play. You've got, uh, you know, the, the first power play unit on the ice for some time. Um, you know, it was good to see Lafreniere get another chance there, despite having a really bad penalty, uh, the power play before. I was almost thinking that, you know, Gerard Gallant might see that really bad penalty by Lafreniere, might make a switch, you know, maybe go with Kako there or Heedle or whoever it might be. But he stuck with Lafreniere, credit to him for doing that. Um, but, you know, the Rangers, the first unit does not score. They There's a play stoppage with about a minute left, or in fact, exactly a minute left. And then uh, the Rangers lose the faceoff. The second unit is out there. But Heedle and Kako with some good work behind the net. They got right back there. Kako passes back to Miller. Miller to his left to Truba. Truba across the ice to Kako. Kako back to Miller. And then Miller takes the shot from the blue line. It is deflected by Barclay Goodrow. Uh, looked like it just grazed the bottom of the crossbar and went in. So the Rangers actually hitting two posts and scoring on both of them. Uh, between those two posts that resulted in goals, Mika actually uh, hit the post at a one-timer, though. So you knew they weren't going to go through a whole game without you know hitting the post and not scoring. But uh, Goodrow gets one here. You know, obviously hardworking player. Nice to see him rewarded. And his first career power play goal, Rangers up two to nothing with less than a minute to go in the first period. And, you know, the fact that the Rangers finally scored here, I think Sam put a little extra emphasis on his uh, famous, it's a power play goal. You know, that call, he sounded like he was really into this and uh, he's been dying to break that one out again because it's been a while. So uh, nice to see the Rangers break through here. And, you know, besides that, a couple of power play chances. There was one in the third period that the Rangers had, but uh, they only had a power play for about 39 seconds. A uh, couple of decent chances, a couple of shots on goal at least, did not score, but uh, hard to get too mad at them for not converting on just a 39-second power play. It's doable, obviously, but you don't really uh, expect too many um, you know, 39-second power plays to result in goals. But uh, yeah, we're keep everything rolling in just a second here when I talk about uh, big night for Capo Caco, uh, what happened to Ryan Lindgren, and also uh, just go through some of the line combinations and just general thoughts on how all the Ranger lines uh, fared in this game. And we're going to do that in just a second here. But first, I just got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league. From pro football to the NHL to basketball and the upcoming MLB season, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today 
or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So just some quick thoughts on the Ranger line combinations. It was mostly the same as the most recent game, but there was one change. Uh, that was the flip-flopping of VZ and Krasov. VZ moves up to the second line, Krasov down to the third line. Uh, the top line for the Rangers remain the same, Kreider, Mika, and Kako. Nice to see, uh, you know, Mika get his 20th goal of the season, Kako chip in with a couple of assists, and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, get going a little bit. Kako, I believe they said, had gone five straight games without a point. I was aware that he was in a little bit of a point drought, but I, I still feel like overall he's played fairly well, uh, despite not really getting on the score sheet all that much recently. The last game, maybe notwithstanding, because not too many Rangers uh, had good nights against the Canadians, but nice to see him get rewarded. A uh, couple of helpers on this one, and uh, especially the very impressive one where uh, you know he delayed with the puck forever in the neutral zone, led Mika into the zone, and uh, Mika scored, took care of the rest, and uh, got Kako a primary helper on that one. Uh, but then you've got the second line, Trocek centering, Panarin and VZ, and VZ, you know, he played well in this game. I think both him and Kravtsov had strong games overall. Kravtsov obviously scored a goal, um, so I'm not always crazy about all these line changes that Gerard Gallant does, but, you know, it's just one tweak here. It's not like he went overboard and reinvented the wheel, excuse me, and just made you think, like, what in the world is he thinking and why are we even doing this? I think, you know, Kravtsov had a turnover in the most recent game, and uh, he was trying to get them going a little bit. Gave VZ a little bit of a promotion there into the top six. Uh, VZ was playing with Kreider and Mika earlier this season. And it kind of seems like VZ is just going to be that guy that kind of moves up and down the lineup a little bit fairly frequently. Obviously, Barclay Goodrow does that from time to time as well. But uh, Jimmy VZ in, you know, half a season here with the Rangers has earned the trust of Gerard Gallant and his coaching staff. Uh, seemingly, that is the case. And uh, he's played well. So in some ways, I think he deserves it. Uh, Krasov drops down to the third line, but actually scores a goal. And uh, we'll get to Krasov's goal in a little bit here. Uh, but Krasov was out there with Hedl and Goodrow. And like I said, the occasional line tweaking is okay. Like I said, I, I think it kind of worked. You know, Krasov scored a goal, broke, I want to say, a 12-game drought as far as him not scoring a goal. And uh, VZ, very reliable veteran as well. And uh, I thought he looked pretty good with Panarin and, and uh, Trocek on this one. Krasov not only scored, he came close to getting a second goal. Uh, but we'll get to the details of those two plays in due time here. And then the fourth line, you know, I mentioned them briefly uh, a couple of minutes ago here, but you've got from left to right, Sammy Blay, uh, Jake, Jake LeCision, a little bit of a tongue twister, but I'm working on it, Jake LeCision, and uh, Johnny Brodzinski. So, I mean, they did well, I thought, early, and really throughout the game, did a nice job, you know, applying some pressure and spending a lot of time in the attacking zone. A couple of scoring chances. Brodzinski had two great chances. Uh, he went in on a breakaway in one instance and got denied on the doorstep. Might have taken a slash on the play. They did not call it. And he had a chance a little bit later, too, uh, you know, shooting from some pretty good real estate and getting his shot denied. It would have been cool to see Brodzinski put one in there because he always works hard. Uh, the upside is very limited. Uh, but Brodzinski with a solid game. And really, I thought the fourth line overall uh, with a good game in this one as well. We mentioned uh, Lecision drawing the penalty. So good stuff from the Ranger fourth line. And uh, these three players, along with a couple of others, will continue to battle it out as far as, you know, playing time and who's going to kind of solidify their role on the Ranger fourth line going forward. Uh, Gautier, you know, whenever he gets back, his name will be back in the mix. Uh, maybe Carpenter slots back in at one time or another, and uh, we will see. But, uh, yeah, obviously a pretty solid night 
uh, for that trio there. Wanted to also uh, talk a little bit about a uh, solid night for Capo Caco. You know, we already mentioned the two assists that he had. Uh, the secondary, or no, excuse me, the primary on the goal by Mika Zibanejad, and then the secondary, while the Rangers were on the power play, the second unit was out there, uh, Kako to Miller, Miller with a shot from the blue line, and uh, Barkley Goodrow tipping at home. So we already know about the two helpers, but something that's also been kind of interesting is the Capo Kako is getting a good amount of time on the penalty kill over this last handful of games here. Uh, Kreider missed his third straight game with the upper body injury. And so obviously he's unavailable to kill penalties. And what the Raiders are doing is they're just sticking Kako into Kreider's spot on the penalty kill. Kako is almost always uh, out there with Mika Zibanejad when the Rangers are shorthanded. And in this game in particular, uh, Kako ends up with a minute and 39 seconds of time on the penalty kill. That was second on the Rangers among forwards uh, while the Rangers were shorthanded only to Mika Zibanejad, who was out there for a minute and 56 seconds. And after that, uh, you know, again, Kako got 139 of shorthanded time. The next most among Ranger forwards was Jimmy Vesey with just 36 seconds. So obviously, you know, the Rangers are counting on Kako in that role, at least in the interim, while Kreider is out. And you know what? Kako's done pretty well with it. He seems to always be in good position, seems to be playing with confidence on the penalty kill. Uh, his stick is always in the right position. And uh, there was an instance in this game where, you know, the Blue Jackets were bringing the puck out of their zone, going in on the rush, and Kako was, you know, getting in their face right there in the neutral zone. So uh, Kako, you know, holding his own on the Ranger penalty kill. And it's good to know that uh, in a pinch or, or maybe not even in a pinch, maybe we'll just see more and more of Kako while the Rangers are shorthanded uh, going forward here. And it's interesting because, you know, last year in the preseason and even a little bit into the regular season, uh, Gallant kind of experimented with both Kako and Lafreniere uh, getting some penalty kill time for the Rangers. And that experiment didn't really last very long because it didn't really go very well. And I thought uh, neither Lafreniere or Kako looked all that great on the PK, but especially Kako. I mean, he looked lost and like he didn't know what to do. And uh, night and day, you know, I, I thought he's actually looked pretty good on the PK over uh, these last couple of games here. And like I said, we'll see if that's a uh, newfound role that Kako can play for the Rangers. I I'm not looking for them to turn him into, you know, a penalty killer fourth-line grinder-type player because he's too good for that. But, um, you know, obviously, look, the Rangers, some of their best players play on the penalty kill very frequently. Mika, Kreider, and obviously all the great defensemen that this team has, Adam Fox, Keandre Miller, I mean, take your picks. So, uh, yeah, good to see Capo Caco chipping in in different ways, the two helpers and uh, some good penalty kill work uh, in this game as well. He also drew a uh, penalty. I have that in my notes. Almost forgot about that, but he drew a high-sticking penalty uh, to wipe out a power play by the Blue Jackets at the start of the third period. So the Rangers took a penalty with about 15 seconds left in the second period. Rangers were up 3-0 at that point. And then maybe about 20 seconds or so into the third period, Kako drew a high sticking and, uh, like I said, wiped out the Blue Jackets' power play opportunity while they were trying to get back into the game. So overall, just, just a really solid night for Capo Kako, and it's, it's good to see him uh, contributing in a lot of different ways. Uh, we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second, though. want to talk about... Uh, you know, once again, what happened to Ryan Lindgren? Going to talk about, you know, Lafreniere being a little bit snake-bitten and just not really finding uh, the finishing touch right now. And I figure, you know, we've talked about two of the Ranger goals. We might as well talk about the third one and talk about uh, the goal that Kraftsoff scored to end his drought. Going to give some props to Yaroslav Halak as well. And we're going to do all that good stuff in just a second. But first, just got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, and I wanted to see what all the hype was about. 
Now I've been on it for about eight months and I love it. Doesn't taste like it's super healthy, has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and antigens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It is lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it costs you less than $3 a day, you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No needs for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, let's go ahead and uh, keep everything rolling here. Just talked about, you know, Capo Caco and his big night. Ryan Lindgren, you know, I couldn't have been the only Ranger fan who was holding my breath uh, a little bit on this play. We talked about it very briefly uh, a little bit earlier in the episode, but he took a big hit from behind by Olivier. Uh, the penalty was called for boarding, and the Rangers went to the power play. Uh, but Lindgren, you know, went to the locker room. This happened pretty early in the first period. Uh, he was doubled over, and like I said, Philip Hedel and Jim Ramsey had to help him to the bench. Looked a little bit, you know, dazed. And again, just kind of holding your breath here because you don't know what this injury could be. Took a pretty savage hit. I would say uh, the biggest surprise here, and we can joke about it now because we know that uh, Lindgren was okay. The biggest surprise here, though, was that Ryan Lindgren was not bleeding or he did not appear to be bleeding after this hit uh, occurred. And, and we've talked about before how Ryan Lindgren probably leaves more blood on the ice than just about any player in the NHL. Uh, like I said, the heart and soul of this team, and we've seen instances in the past where Lindgren gets hurt cannot play, and the Rangers seem to just fall apart. So uh, it was good to see him get back in there and do his thing, uh, just play some gritty, hard-nosed hockey. And, you know, Lindgren was credited with uh, three block shots. I got to think he had more than that because the last, like, 10 seconds of this game, I swear he had, like, three consecutive block shots while the time was running out on the Blue Jackets and the Rangers were finalizing their 3-1 to one win there. But, uh, yeah, great stuff by uh, Ryan Lindgren. The only silver lining... Uh, to his injury, and I would never wish injury on anybody, much less one of my favorite players and uh, one of the most important players on the New York Rangers like Ryan Lindgren. The silver lining, though, and I mentioned this a few minutes ago as well, getting to see Ke'Andre Miller and Adam Fox play together uh, for just a little bit. We had an instance where you know Fox passed in deep to Miller on the doorstep. Uh, Miller went for the deflection try, and it was turned aside. Uh, but as I mentioned, you know, I think sooner or later we're going to get uh, Fox and Miller. I don't want it to happen all that soon because, again, I, I just love the way Lindgren and Fox uh, complement each other, and those two have played so great for the Rangers over these past handful of seasons here. It's one of those if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of situations. Uh, Miller and Truba seem to click together. Uh, Miller has, in, in countless different occasions, um, credited Truba with his, you know, development and feeling comfortable and feeling confident in the NHL. And I know there's some Truba naysayers out there, but you can't take that away from him. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, another stat I want to throw out there that was just kind of crazy. Midway through this game, 
The Rangers were out shooting the the, uh, the Blue Jackets by a count of 20 to 4. You know, there's times where we talk about the Rangers needing to shoot shoot more. Imagine only having four shots on goal through the first half of the game. That's a team that really needs to shoot more. But uh, that was indicative of how the Rangers were playing. Uh, the first 40 minutes of this game were fantastic for the Rangers. I did think uh, in the third they let it get away from them. And Yaroslav Halak bailed them out on a couple of instances. And, uh, you know, a couple of us were probably having flashbacks to some of the other lackluster third periods that the Rangers have played uh, this season. But bottom line, once again, that they got the job done. I also wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Alexi Lafreniere. He had a couple of chances in this one. Um, you know, there was a play in the most recent game that I didn't talk about during our recap episode. Kind of just forgot about it, to be completely honest. Um, but, you know, against Montreal, still scoreless in the first period. The puck was in the crease. I, I want to say the Rangers hit the post, and Lafreniere was right there. Looked like an easy tipping goal, and he just sent it wide of the far post and did not score. So not sure what happened there. And then in this one, uh, looked like he was going to get a chance on the power play. Panarin from along the boards and kind of lifts a little bit of a saucer pass to Lafreniere. Lafreniere looking for the tip-in, and he's denied on the doorstep. And then, uh, you know, at the very end of this game, the Rangers up 3-1. to one. Uh, Mika Zibanejad moves the puck ahead to Lafreniere, trying to get his guy a goal there. And uh, Lafreniere shoots from the neutral zone, and it gets blocked, and he's not able to score there. So, um, yeah, you know, just, just a little bit snake-bitten lately and uh, looking to— Snap out of a uh, lengthy goal drought is Alexi Lafreniere. I want to say that the announcers said that this is the 15th straight game where Lafreniere doesn't have a goal. So you hope that once he gets one, you know, the dam breaks a little bit and, and more are to follow. But uh, yeah, Lafreniere hopefully uh, going to start chipping in offensively here sooner rather than later. Uh, one player who did uh, break uh, a little bit of a goal scoring drought, we mentioned him just a second ago, but that was Vitaly Krausov. Scored a goal from kind of out of nowhere to make the score three to nothing. We have a situation here where uh, Hedl is along the boards in the neutral zone, gets the puck over the blue line, and then Goodrow uh, picks it up from there, controls it along the boards, dumps it in deep. Uh, Hedl gets to it. Hedl passes out of the corner in front to Krasov. Krasov is crashing the net, and he gets a tip-in goal to give the Rangers a 3-0 lead. And uh, as I mentioned, first goal in 12 games for Krasov. For Philip Hedl, though, seven points in his last seven games, uh, just becoming a invaluable member of this New York Ranger team and providing them with some of that depth scoring that was such an issue early in the season. Not as much of an issue recently with the Rangers playing better and more and more players chipping in offensively. Um, but yeah, Philip Heedle, uh, ni nice to see him continue uh, his recent run of strong play. Just a great pass here, setting up his guy and uh, Krasov taking care of the rest on the doorstep. And not too long after this, also in the second period, Krasov had another chance, almost gave the Rangers a 4-0 lead. Uh, got a shot from Really in deep, uh, nice save by Merz Lincolns. Uh, the puck is laying there, and Krasov gets to his own rebound, and then an even better save by Merz Lincolns keeps the puck out. So would have been really cool to see uh, Krasov break out of a scoring slump with a two-goal performance. Wasn't meant to be, but uh, you know, with Krasov not really scoring a whole lot recently, I guess you got to take uh, the one goal if, if you're Krasov. Um, and then want to also uh, conclude today's episode by. As I mentioned, giving some props, giving some credit to Yaroslav Halak. Uh, Halak with this win now, after struggling mightily and, and just taking forever to get his first victory of the season, with this win, he is now 5-6-1. and one. All five of the wins are on the road, and maybe that factored into the Rangers. You know, they had the back-to-back, -back, so the smart money was on Halak getting one and Igor getting one. Maybe that had something to do with Halak, you know, getting this game on the road, because obviously the game before uh, was at home. But to go through some of his uh, greatest hits, you know, Halak wasn't tested too much in the first couple 
uh, well, really the first two periods. But Jackets had a 2-1-1 in the first period. Lane had a backhand attempt. Uh, Halak deflected it into the netting. Then in the second period, uh, the Jackets play it in front of the net um, out of the corner, and Halak made a point-blank save against Nyquist, snagged it with his glove, uh, and that was right after he made a really nice right pad save as well. Those were maybe his best two saves of the night, at least to that point. And then, like I said, the Rangers scuffled a little in the third period, and I don't know if, if they're just taking the foot off the gas or if they think that they're home free. You're never home free in this league. No matter what the score is and no matter who you're playing, uh, you got to keep going and you got to keep the pedal to the metal. Uh, it would have been nice to see the Rangers really close out this game in a big way and just kind of, you know, they got this team down on the mat. Keep them there. You know, don't let them back into it. Don't allow them to get any life, get any momentum or anything like that. But Halak with some really good saves down the stretch. Uh, Nyquist had a one-timer and Halak moving from his right to his left, uh, got his glove on it, and that kept the score at 3-1. to one. By that point, the Jackets had gotten onto the board. And, um, you know, I wrote into my notes at that point, you better wake up because the Rangers uh, had given up a goal and the Jackets were kind of swarming in the couple of minutes that followed after that. And only a great save uh, by Yaroslav Halak here prevented it from going 3-2. to two. And, I mean, there were still like 11 or 12 minutes left when this happened. So uh, at that point, it would have really been anybody's game. But, um, you know, then the other uh, last couple of sequences here for Yaroslav Halak occurred at the very end of this game when the goalie was pulled for the Blue Jackets. Rangers were really under some fire here. Uh, there was a situation where their skaters could not get off the ice for a really long period of time, and uh, Halak, which is some really good saves in the final two or three minutes here to uh, preserve the two-goal lead for the Rangers, and, uh, you know, we might have been a little bit nervous, but uh, he kept them from scoring there and cutting the lead to one which is when we would have all gotten a lot nervous as Ranger fans here, especially uh, seeing them, you know, give up some leads in third periods and play some lackluster third periods earlier this season. But, you know, again, four straight wins for Halak. I think, again, Ranger fans have to be feeling a lot better about him at this point. I realize that when he plays, it quite often is against, you know, some of the weaker teams in this league. So uh, that certainly helps his cause, but he's played better and he made a lot of really good saves in this one. And um, even if you're not the biggest Halak fan and you're still not sold that uh, you know he'd be able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with one of the elite teams in the league I think you gotta at least be feeling a little bit better uh, at this point figure we can pretty much call it there for today uh, there was uh, one stat that I wanted to uh, throw out there at you guys real quick here uh, Keandre Miller is the third Ranger defenseman in the last 35 years under the age of 23 to have a seven-game point streak. The other two were Brian Leach and Neil Pionk. Even Adam Fox did not pull off that accomplishment. And that'll give you an idea of just how well Ke'Andre Miller has played recently. Uh, Chris Kreider reportedly close to returning, and uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed that he's good to go for Thursday's game. That is the next game for the Rangers, and they will be uh, against the Boston Bruins. Almost positive that the Rangers will be at home. I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I'm pretty sure the Rangers will be in Madison Square Garden for that one. Going to be a big game. Bruins have the best record in the league. Bruins beat the Rangers earlier this season, and uh, having Kreider back out there would certainly give the team a boost. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.